Welcome back to the Be Awesome podcast. I am Mayura Rao and I explore what wellness and well-being means in our lives today. From the moment we wake up, we are hustling, mental to-do lists and multitasking our way through the day to get to the finish line. Then we collapse into our beds and the cycle starts again with the ring of the alarm clock. Our minds are moving faster than our bodies. So essentially, we are becoming pressure cookers, slowly cooking ourselves with mental pressure. What can a whistle for this mental pressure cooker look like? I'm speaking with Sindhur Pangal just about this. Sindhur has been a staple in my life for a few years now, although I'm meeting her here for the first time face to face. Sindhur is a canine behavior consultant, a canine myotherapist and an engineer by qualification. She's an educator and researches extensively in the field of ethology. Ethology is the scientific study of animal behavior, where behavior of animals and their evolutionary adaptive traits are studied. She's an educator based out in Bangalore and a TEDx speaker and the author of the book, Dog Nose, a fantastic book where Sindhur explores the language of dogs and the lessons we as humans can learn from them. While she wears many hats, Sindhur's favorite role has been about being mommy to two amazing dogs, Nishi, who recently passed away, and Chiru, who she considers her inspiration and her greatest teachers. Sindhur, it's a pleasure to have you on our chat today. Welcome on board. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to this. This is a subject that's been super close to my heart. So I'm, I can't, I'm like bustling with enthusiasm and anticipation to have this conversation with you. So I've grown up with a couple of dogs and anytime you've had like a long stressful day, all I look forward to coming back home is cuddling with my furry buddy, right? And I found over time the interaction I've had with animals, uh, especially at home or even outside while I'm walking other dogs, uh, is it, it, it naturally puts me at ease. So, you know, medically, you could talk about it as maybe like lowering my blood pressure or my cortisol levels, you know, stress starts to reduce. Uh, it's just such an, you know, stress relieving balm that we can put on ourselves. Is that what you notice as well? Uh, you know, I think notice is the wrong word. No is the right word, I think. Okay. Um, uh, because I mean, this 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 extraordinary amount of science to support this. Um, on one aspect of it, it's the connection that we experience with another individual and connections. Um, we know a lot about connections now uh, for social animals. It's 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 what is called an inelastic need, which means that connection is a survival need for us. We don't survive without the right kind of connections. Um, and they release a lot of happy chemicals. They uh, reduce a lot of uh, stress-related, uh, stress-mediated chemicals. Um, so this, this is the science bit of it. And what's, what's fascinating about dogs and animals is that, and I think we've kind of not explored that area uh, fully, is that in human beings, we feel that connection even when we are around animals and particularly more so around dogs. Uh, I can definitely talk a lot more about it uh, on how it happens. And it's just the natural history of dogs around human beings is really fascinating in that they've really kind of, you know, different animals evolve 
to specialize in different ways, right? A giraffe has a tall neck and a turtle has the hard shell. Uh, I, I, I always say that the dog's evolution is to make that deep, deep connect with human beings. That is their evolutionary power. To, to connect with us and communicate with us. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, it's not, uh, it's not a, hey, I feel this way, or it's not a, oh, funny, I noticed this. It's, it's, it's a hard fact. It happens to all of us. And I think there's a reason why across the globe, no matter what the culture, no matter where in the world we are, human beings are, there's always a dog around. <laughs> that is absolutely true. And I think, uh, let, let's explore that a little bit more. So tell me a little bit more about this uh, long generational relationship that we've started to develop with dogs. Right. Now, for those of you very interested in it, I definitely recommend that you look up my book because I do like a very deep dive on it and I like to geek out on these things. Uh, but uh, a few things to look at with the dog, right? Uh, one of the things, for example, oxytocin. Uh, you know, they... When there are studies that show that when we make eye contact with them, we generate oxytocin in our bodies and we uh, they generate our bodies as well. And oxytocin is uh, the um, kind of love hormone. It's not not exactly right, but you know, roughly, uh, you know, very simple, you know, very simplified way. And that kind of uh, it's also the hormone that kind of makes us suspend uh, logic, suspend. You know, it makes us a little the baby voice, the ooh-choo-choo, all of that is coming from oxytocin. It's, it's a, it makes us a little silly. It makes us uh, give more easily. Yes. A it, dog it benefits a lot from that. Yeah, and a dog benefits a lot from that generosity. So if we, may, if we become silly, we become givers and the dog's like, yeah. And what's really interesting, this happens with eye contact, right? And what's really, really interesting is we've seen that dogs have actually evolved to have extra muscles on their eyes. Mm -hmm. to give them those bigger eyes that produces more of this reaction from us. Right. So um, dogs also have what is called neoteny, which is um, they look and act a little bit more like the young of an animal rather than an old adult or animal. But why, why do they have all this? It's to impress us. It's to please us. It's to get that oxytocin going and say, hey, cough up the food. <laughs> so I think... Um, and there's, there's, there's a lot more in going on there, but you can kind of get the flavor of how this, where I'm heading with this, right? It's, right. It is by design. Dogs did evolve into what is called, um, uh, you know, a, a, an ecological niche, which is in, this is the environment that included human beings. The relationship that we can have to help not just their lives, but they actually have a much bigger impact on our lives. Could you shed a bit more light in that kind of relationship that we can have with animals, especially with dogs, help us with modern day life? Yeah, um, you know, it's really, um, it's funny that you asked me this today because uh, just about a few hours ago, I was having a discussion with my classmates. I'm doing a master's in anthrozoology and uh, anthrozoology. So we talk a lot about kind of uh, what, what is 
abbreviated as NHAs, non-human animals. Uh, and we were talking about stress and so many of the students obviously were talking about, hey, yeah, I deal with anxiety and I calm myself down a lot more when I'm around animals. And so the question was, which, which is your NHA? <laughs> you know, what is that NHA that calms you down? Uh, yeah. And that was really interesting. Um, uh, and it was in the context of many of us were saying that we're struggling with uh, uh, reading uh, the, the course material. It's, a, it's, it's quite a difficult course material. And uh, it was really interesting for me that many of us were actually kind of using the presence of animals and the tactile calming experience that we get from animals to be able to calm our minds enough to be able to read the papers that we need to read. And that was a very interesting, very practical application of it, yeah. uh, which is which is so organically happened, right? It's not, it's not a structured thing that we're doing. We all are around animals. We've kind of gotten used to the idea that our animals do tend to calm us down. Um, so I think that's just, that's just a snippet of how powerful it can be. Um, but again, uh, we've spoken about chemicals. So we know that when we stroke, animals slowly and the tactile input also kind of um, there's a lot of uh, sensory input that's going from the hands to the brain it can not only be uh, altering your chemicals in terms of increasing endorphins and oxytocin and um, uh, and reducing uh, uh, cortisol but um, it can also be kind of giving you a mindful practice it can also be giving you um, uh, sort of a grounding, a sense of grounding. Right. So a lot of times when you put, and we see this with human beings too, right? You, we definitely do this with human beings. If something is bothering you and you have somebody who you love and trust next to you, you might put a hand on them to what you call steady yourself. But it's not a physical steadying yourself. It's actually an emotional steadying yourself. You're emotionally grounding yourself. Uh, and that you can do with animals as well. You can actually put your hand on them and it will kind of ground you. If you have invested in that relationship. Hmm. And that's the interesting thing about these kind of connections is you need to invest in the relationship. And that's really when we get the benefit of these kind of um, emotional well-being that comes back to us from the animals. Let's explore that a little bit more. How would, how would one do that? Because it's an interesting concept. I've not actually thought about it in that manner, even though I've had three dogs in my life so far. Yeah. Yeah, very few of us do, and I think we very few of us do because uh, it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have because we love these individuals so much. They're part of our family. We really want, we have invested our hearts. Very difficult to uh, acknowledge uh, and recognize and acknowledge that uh, when we bring them into our lives, it's a very, very one-sided very um, unfairly stacked situation. And so we have to actually put effort into kind of uh, changing the dynamic there. Uh, and again, lot more, and that's the core of what I talk about. So a lot more of that in my book, uh, definitely. Uh, but uh, kind of finding ways to return back choices. So, uh, you know, can I, can I have, you know, on days that if I'm going to be giving you a treat, instead of just taking a treat and giving it to you saying, I'm going to give you a treat, you sit down, you give me what I want, and you will be rewarded. Instead of that, can we say, I have two treats together, this is for you to enjoy, no conditions, which one would you like? That's a choice. Uh, when you get out for a walk, uh, which harness would you like, this or this? Would you want to go right or left? 
How long do you want to walk? Do you want to cut the walk short uh, a lot today? Do you want to sniff more in this spot versus that spot? There's a lot of choice we can give there. Lots of places to sleep, lots of beds to sleep on, some in the sun, some in the, you know, uh, cool place. Uh, dogs regulate their body temperature based on the surface they sleep on so different different places different surfaces um can i move your meal times based on you know at least a little bit based on what you want so today if you're hungry a little earlier and you come and ask me can i do it a little earlier can we move our walk times have a little bit of flexibility there and walk more when you want it rather than um uh, you know, exactly on my schedule. So that that kind of brings us back to the interesting concept of stress relief, because what I'm now trying to tell you is get off the clock a little bit, right. slow down a little bit, listen a little bit more. And dogs are the ultimate stop and smell the roses kind of animals. If you go out on a walk and do it at their pace, right? Um, you know, and I worked with your, you know, I worked with your husband on this. So, you know, I've done a lot of walks on this. So, yes. you know, you're very familiar with this. And he, uh, his example is something that I repeat a lot in class. I remember him telling me once that uh, he sits, uh, the walks are not very long, but he sits in the, in the, uh, you know, the outside area in the compound and yes. his dog likes to sit there and watch the road outside. And he said, says, I also like it. I sit there, no devices. I don't bring my devices and I just sit and unwind after a day, long day. What a beautiful way of working with a dog, right? You're doing exactly what you're meant to do with dogs, which is laze, slow down, take the time, disconnect from everything else and be present in the moment. Um, I think that's uh, when we actually start looking at uh, taking the time to look at animals a lot closer, automatically there's a mindfulness and a slowing down that's happening, which uh, we all know is the need of the hour for us. Huh? You know, you, you couldn't have said better. Um, one on the need for the hour and the fact that we set timetables for ourselves and of course we in our own lives are racing against that clock and the relationship we end up having with uh, for example our pets we also expect them to race against that as well and uh, that was a wonderful example of uh, how you let somebody else set the clock for even like an hour a day so that you can take that time to really unwind which is yeah. what that pet was meant to do yeah to start yeah yeah you know, I've had people say, you know, oh, I don't have the time. But this is, what is your life meant for? What are your 24 hours meant for? If you cannot give one hour to feel, and it's not the time that you're giving away. It's not charity, right? <clears throat> the one hour that you're spending, that you're taking, and it doesn't have to be one hour consolidated. It could be half an hour in the morning, half an hour in the evening. But that time is a time that you're getting way more than you're giving that feeling that you get, you know, and I talk about this openly, you're aware of this. Uh, I am experiencing an extraordinary grief journey. I lost my husband last year. Mm -hmm. And I repeatedly tell people this, the only thing that I have seen that is capable of cutting through that pain mm -hmm. is connection and love. And I feel that when I feel, you know, spend time with my dog, Chiru, I put a hand on her and she comes and looks at me with these. I say, do you want to go for a walk? And she makes these big, big guys and does that. with a And in that moment, right, oxytocin, eye contact, that it just cuts through the pain and fills my heart with warmth for a moment or two. 
that feeling, my goodness, it's I'm not doing it for anybody else. I know I'm doing it for myself. And it's also so inexplainable. It uh, is. You know, when we've done the same with our dog at home, uh, you know, initially you might be like, crap, I have this, you know, assignment to finish. I've got this email to send and, you know, this couldn't have come at like a worse time. And then you do this walk and you come back feeling so energized, full of ideas yeah. um, and absolutely refreshed. And yeah. I couldn't think of a better connection or a better pill for stress relief. Yeah. That connection that you're talking about. And that connection can come in so many different forms. Yeah. Uh, you know, what I take away from what you're saying is about not just the connection, but for caring as well yeah. to an animal, especially yeah. one like a dog that reciprocates that back to you yeah. and actually fills holes in your soul that did not, you did not know that existed. When you go out with your dog or spend time playing with your dog, you're connecting with yourself. You're connecting with, you know, what's happening around you. You're connecting with the environment. If you pay attention to what your dog is interested, your dog is going to sniff this, sniff that, pay attention to this. Leaf is moving. Ah, squirrel is there. Ah, you're connecting to the environment around you. You're connecting to the sounds. Those of us who have sort of uh, sensitive dogs, you know, what are typically called problem dogs in other areas, we don't call them that. Um, but they uh, they can trigger easily with sounds and things like that. So now you're paying attention to everything. You're paying attention to the sounds. You're connecting with the environment. It's the, I keep saying this, you know, it's the ultimate mindful experience. If you really kind of are present for the dog, the dog does a guide, takes you on a guided journey of mindfulness. They're like shamans. Huh? <laughs> I've never had this description uh, before. I love it. <laughs> you know, but uh, some of us may not be able to care for one in our homes maybe you know we travel or our society may not allow us uh, you know if you're living in a building or a flat it may not allow us to like uh, experience some of this right in our homes how could we seek one out yes this is where you know India living in India is an advantage uh, it's uh, your streeties street dogs um, it's extraordinary the opportunity that they provide us and it's for many reasons we may not actually be able to bring a dog home uh, one part of it is of course a lot of the uh, the things that you mentioned but it's something that I like to touch upon and I'll come back to it in a bit um, is that uh, not always uh, bringing another individual home benefits with your mental health it can actually impede uh, or rather post challenges, particularly if you're in a complete caregiving role. Um, uh, so in those situations, I think, um, but, but you can still connect. Uh, you can uh, connect without necessarily having to give 100% care, uh, some amount of care. Uh, so I was in a situation like that. I did go through a phase in my life where I was completely alone. Um, for a short period of time, um, for about two years, I was I was actually separated from my husband um, and my dogs, and so I was living entirely alone. I couldn't have a dog at home, um, and obviously, a separation is a hugely stressful thing, right? It's a uh, I was I was struggling, uh, and the 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 spot of sunshine in my day was 
this two streeties that would hang out outside my house every day when I was coming back from work uh, they would be there and I was observing them then I started saying hello to them and then I started you know bringing a few treats in my bag for them and when I came home they would come running up to me and I would spend a few minutes outside petting them and then the two of them would play in front of me uh, they have to put on this show right like oh our human is here so now let's both have like a conversation so they will play in front of me they will just have this beautiful beautiful moment of completely letting go and reminding you whatever it is just let go look we're here this moment is here with us we're alive let's just play you know uh, and then touching them petting them you can't help if you if you actually do the baby talk with them you can i will guarantee you you cannot help it you're going to have like a grin from this year to this year and you walk back up and the reality of your life hits you but you know that you had a moment of break from it so you know at that that period of my life i would take the mom, take the trouble to stop constantly to keep petting them and i would tell my friends they are like these uh, love booths like pods of love right on the the street it's like in the, you remember the time when we used to have phone booths where we didn't have phones of our own so we had to stop so you don't have dogs of your own stop pet the streeties on the street um of course you know being aware that you're safe with safe interaction um and i think they uh, they're not entirely your dogs but you're still providing a certain amount of care you're getting caregiving opportunities you're getting opportunities to love and laugh um and so i think that's a very sweet deal for both the dogs and the human beings and only uh, some parts of the world you get to experience it so if you are in one of those parts of the world take it take the opportunity <laughs> you're right we live in india and this opportunity literally starts at our doorstep i wanted you to talk a little bit about your academy box because that's kind of how uh, you and i met as well yeah so uh boxes <laughs> so we're sort of starting at the end <laughs> uh boxes really uh a, a product of uh a, you know labor of love um i was consulting as a behavior consultant um for a while and a lot of people uh, sort of wanted to learn from me uh, to become professionals and that's really the starting point of box uh, per se was uh, sort of the end of my uh, consulting career uh, uh but what started out so so the primary offering at box that we have is a uh uk accredited level 4 diploma on uh canine uh behavior that's kind of the simplest way of saying and the diploma we also offer shorter workshops for pet parents uh or uh sort of guardians of companion animals uh, or rescuers and things like that um uh and then we kind of coordinate uh, shorter uh, workshops with uh, sort of international experts and things like that which is kind of taken a back seat because of the covid thing um but yeah that's that's kind of what we do at fox and all of our learning is online and you know the reason for that <laughs> because i have an experience in building online uh products uh, erstwhile yahoo uh, alumni <laughs> per se so yeah uh, we i mean but apart from that i really strongly believe in it being accessible globally so we boast of students all over the world all over the country all over the world um and that was kind of by design so we want to reach as far out as possible with uh, somewhat of a special message i think that we carry yahoo to box how did that happen 
That's the story of everybody in Bangalore, isn't it? A tech company to something extraordinary and you know, interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> My standing joke when I moved back to Bangalore was I'm going to throw a rock and I'm going to hit a software engineer who's now running a startup of their own. Yeah. And a very interesting one. <laughs> very offbeat and very interesting one. So very similar, I suppose. Um, and of course, I think the stories behind a lot of these, I, I really don't like to call myself an entrepreneur or a startup because that's really not the way I looked at it. Uh, for me, the experience um, was very personal. The journey was very personal because uh, I'm very quite painful and uh, was also a healing journey. Um, my dog, uh, I, she's not with me anymore. She passed away uh, somewhat recently, but my dog Nishi, uh, when she was nine months old, she met with an accident, uh, which was horrific, actually. A car ran over her face. Um, and I knew at that time that something this extraordinary and experience this extraordinary is going to have a huge impact on her emotionally physically whatever ailments were there you know vets fix it right and her body has to heal it i don't have a role to play in that but i knew that i had a role to play in supporting her emotionally through what is what is going to be a very very difficult journey in and out of surgeries for a year cut open gazillion times uh, it was definitely going to be very stressful on her. And so I had to find answers. And my quest for answers brought me to this kind of uh, knowledge bank. I had a great mentor, a great tutor in Norway, but this kind of uh, new way of looking at dogs and a knowledge bank on the emotional lives uh, of animals. Um, and once I discovered it, I knew I had stumbled into something very extraordinary and it just had to be shared. It just had to be out there. And so it just happened. I don't think it was a very conscious decision on my part. And then one thing led to another. Asindur, this has been one of the most mindful conversations I've had and I've thoroughly enjoyed it as a pet lover myself. Um, we'll do a couple of rapid fire questions just as we bring this to a wrap. Um, a couple of lessons you've learned from your dogs. Actually, uh, before we do that, um, there is something that I did want to mention, um, and I hope you don't mind me doing this. Uh, a lot of times I feel, I find that with dogs and mental health, the conversation almost seems to be, uh, hey, can we get a dog to feel better? Uh, I have mental health issues. I'm going through depression. I do have a lot of people who message me asking, I have depression. Can I get a dog? Right. Uh, I would warn against that. If you have not had dogs in the past, when you are hit, when you hit rock bottom, that's probably not the time to get a dog. If you have had dogs in the past, that's a whole different thing. Yes, but if you have not had dogs in the past, getting into something that you are unaware of, it can be overwhelming. It's like having a child; it can be overwhelming. There is new things that you need to learn about giving care to a dog, and mm -hmm. a dog is uh, a huge responsibility, especially in the beginning when everybody is getting used to it. You're learning about dogs and so on and so forth. Uh, when you are feeling so, particularly depression, right? Anxiety is a little different, but if you're dealing with depression, uh, having to, you do need those times when you need to maybe take time off a little bit, have those days when you say, hey, I can't really do anything. But right. when you have a dog, you cannot have off days. You have to show up every day. Your dog cannot go and help himself to the food in the fridge, right? I wish, I wish there were those days, but your dog cannot do that. Your dog, like I pointed out in the beginning, your dog needs you to take the, them on a walk, feed water, feed food, 
poop, pee, all of that. So you have to show up. You can't not show up for a dog. And it is going to be for at least 10 years. Um, so be, be aware of that and don't get into it without. It can actually make depression worse uh, if you are overwhelmed with caring for somebody that you've never cared before, you've never known. Um, so wild dogs are almost magical and miraculous in, in this sense. Uh, don't we have to be sensible about it. And that's a caveat that I would like to throw in because uh, the sad thing is if we make a mistake with it, the dog pays the price because you're going to let go of the dog, which means now uh, dogs are also highly social beings. They connect and they feel extraordinary social pain when we abandon them. Uh, something that is can traumatize them for life. So they may never recover from uh, abandonment and they will always carry that baggage, which makes it harder and harder for them to get adopted. And so you're kind of writing uh, off the life of another individual uh, because you wanted to try something out. Not fair, not worth it, not right. So that's something I wanted to toss in. And with that, I'm ready for your rapid fire, shoot away. <laughs> Before I get there, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because um, we've seen situations of that happening as well. And I think uh, for our needs, we've got to be careful about their needs as well. Yeah and not forget them in the process. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Cool. Um, couple of questions then. We'd, we'd love to get insights. Lessons your dog has taught you on life. Be in the moment. The moments are precious. Uh, a thing Chiru does that drives you nuts. Uh, nuts in a very happy way. I, I, I don't allow her to ever bother me. So um, what she does that I really love is when I say, friend auntie is coming to visit you. She goes, huh? And I love it. I love her reaction when I say that. Oh, that's beautiful. She's <laughs> she doing that right now? Yeah. <laughs> She's back there. She's like, what? What did you say? <laughs> It's as good as a treat. <laughs> uh, one final one. Your view of the future. Oh my. Uh, it's, I think it's scary. It's bleak. But um, to me, it's, 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 it's a call for a lot of inward journeys to travel in, in deep in to ourselves. That's wonderful. <laughs> Sindhur, it was a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, the pleasure was all mine. I love talking about this. I'm off now to get my daily boost of stress relief from the local streeties outside our office. You can find out more about Awesome and what we do at www.getawesome.com. That's G-E-T-A-U-S-U-M.com. Or tune into your favorite social media channel and find the Get Awesome handle. Follow the Be Awesome podcast on Google Podcast, Spotify, or on our website. Until next time, stay awesome.